Welcome to Skika Uncover. This is a podcast where we're going to be speaking to African artists and learning from their stories. We aim to uncover the truths and the lies behind building a livelihood and impacting people's lives through their art. Welcome. I'm super excited because the guest that I am sitting with is the person that has made all of this happen, and that is Samantha Weah. She is the CEO and a co-founder of Skika Africa. You're going to be hearing a lot about this platform and what they actually want to do and achieve. She is also an actual scientist. She's an actress and a singer as well. Those last two should probably try and deny, but I've said <laughs> That's exactly So it's lit. It's lit, fam. It's lit. Welcome, babe. Thank you. How Hi, you friend. Doing? Hi, I'm friend. Good. Thank you for making this happen. Yes. I'm so excited. Oh, this is going to be amazing. I forgot to mention in her intro, she's a friend. <laughs> she was my bridesmaid. There's, there's a lot. There's yeah. a long history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we met when we were like 15, 15, 14, 15, 14, 14, 14, yeah, nine, <gasps> 10, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I came in at 10, I came in at 10. But I feel like we met in a past life or some playground somewhere. Uh, please. Because we just connected We so just fast. understand one another. <laughs> <laughs> so Samantha is going to be telling us about where the idea of this podcast came from and why she decided to work with me as her friend. But let's first start with what is Skika Africa? There are some people who are just going to hear us saying Skika, Skika, Skika all the time. And you tell them what it is. Okay. So Skika Africa as a business aims to empower creators, um, to give them the information, the community, the tools that they need to build sustainable business. Yeah. So think about it like centralized business management, right? Because I think across the continent, there's such a challenge and there's such a gap when it comes to business management. Creatives are their own marketing team. They're their own, (laughs) you know, financial managers. They're their own lawyers. You know, they don't have contracts and things like that. So the aim of Skika Africa was to kind of equip artists with centralized tools Mm -hmm. to be able to free up some space so that they can focus on the art, focus on the art, free up the time, um, focus on, you know, being able to connect with their audiences as opposed to the administrative things. And, you know, for creators, not all creators, but for a lot of creators, the admin, the admin is tough, you know, and it's slowing them down and it's slowing down the success of the industry. Yeah. So, I mean, that was the kind of the infrastructural component of Skika Africa. But the ethos of Skika, why it's called Skika Africa is... You know, there's a lot of a single story that's owned by Western media. Yes. In terms of what is the global perception of Africans and who Africans are and what they do and what they're about. You know, when you watch those TV series, those American TV series, they have the same accent. Yeah. They wear the same clothes. I'm like, but actually, guys, it's so complex. Can I ask a question? Why do we all have flies on our faces? Yeah. Like all of us? (laughs) Is it a must? Imagine. And actually, was it... UNICEF, one of these um, NGOs uh-huh. actually did a, a, a tell-all video, like a transparency video about how their ads are very manipulative and they have, like, oh. they portrayed like this white savior complex. To get them they donors. Did, I was like, you, you go and be held accountable. But yeah, so the problem has been this very, like, linear single story of who Africans are. Yeah. And so Skika Africa, we hope by empowering artists, we can reshape the narrative that, you know, the world understands about who, who Africans are, right? Yeah. Because our Artists have, you know, different mediums they can express. Completely. And, you know, we have like 
thousands of tribes on the on the continent. Yes. You know, we have such a range of stories. So thousands of languages. Thousands of languages. You know? We are all different. We don't have one accent. And we do not know John from Ghana. No, we facts. actually, actually don't know him. Facts. Please, facts. Facts. And we are many already here in Kenya. <laughs> exactly. So it's difficult. Exactly. That's amazing. Yeah. Um so when did you decide that you were going to start Skika Africa? And how did you pick who you were going to kick it off with? Okay, so um, the origin story has like two parts, two okay. phases, yeah? Okay. I think when we were in high school, I became really aware of how things like drama and music really helped empower us yes um as individuals yeah um, empowered our sense of self empowered our sense of like identity and how we learned how to express ourselves yeah i still tell people if you guys heard our choir when we sang bridge over troubled water <laughs> please hey, please the red card has gone up give us uh, <laughs> Grammy. Yeah, you know, give us a Grammy. Please give us our Grammy. Ourselves. Yeah. One day, one but day, yeah, we'll do it. One, one, one day. <laughs> yeah, so um, those days I was like, you know what would be nice? It would be to give kids in marginalized communities access to this kind of thing, right? Yes. want to be able to give them um, spaces and environments to tell their stories. And you know, in Nairobi, like Nairobi is notorious for having this very like half-life like yes. structure. Yes. You can live in Nairobi and not even know people are suffering, people oh, yeah. are hungry. Oh, yeah. People, yeah. You know, just because and of the other the way, way around as and well. And the other way the other way around as well, right? So that's why Nairobi Half-Life, you know, as a film, you know was such a hit. Was such a hit, right? And so it was about how do you bring these spaces of togetherness and create a sense of familiarity across these divides in society, right? Yeah. Um so I was like, okay, I was thinking about this and I was like, what would help would be a performing arts school, give kids access to stages and environments where people can exchange stories, yes. right? So you were like, I am going to be a headmistress. <laughs> I am going to start a school. This is what I was saying. And then I went <laughs> to uni and I met so many entrepreneurs and things and I realized I didn't want to do an NGO. Yeah. NGOs spend so much time chasing donor money. They don't spend time doing the work as that much they're because be they're doing. just justifying the need for the funds. Right? All the time. So I was like, okay, how do you make a, a, like a profit-making company? that can then feed into this thing that, you know, would yeah. be, you know, not for profit, right? And at the time in university, my mother, an African mother with a PhD, told me, hey, do you want to drop out of LSE doing actual science and move to drama school? Wow. And I said, let me think about let it. Me, let me, said no out. artist ever. This is why when Shout you're saying... Shout out to yeah. you, mom. Shout out to you, mom. <laughs> this is why when you're saying I'm an actress and a singer, I'm like, all the actresses and singers will, will look at me and be like, you're not a real artist. No, 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 no. <laughs> this thing for going to school and also being self-taught, and I'm sure we're going to talk to so many other creatives who yeah. hear their yeah. stories. I just think it's about like, the work, how much you really want to do it, it's how true. much you love it. Yeah. Because some of us get to go to school and some of us don't. But yeah. But I was like, which artist is given an option to go yes. to art school? An, an African of, one. An African household and says no. Anyway, I said no. Okay. Um, and the reasons I said no is number one, I realized I cared more about empowering artists yeah. than I did about being a performer. Right. And I was like, okay, there are some infrastructural things that I would want to contribute to the building of. And I felt, I felt frustrated that my only option 
was like, oh, let me go to America, do the hustle there, yeah. you know, build my career right. there, and then maybe I can come to Kenya and build Nijengenshi, yes, you know? I was yeah. like, no, 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 let me go to Kenya. Mambo ya brain drain, I'm not about it. Oh, so it sounds long. <laughs> it sounds like, long. How many years do I have to do in the Western world <laughs> yeah. to then bring yeah, back? no, please, please, please. I was just like, my brain power is useful now. Yes. Let me go home now. My parents were not amused about that choice, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think there was those two stages. So there's that heart of like a 16-year-old being like this thing has empowered me i wanted to empower others yes and then there was that second part of like why is there no infrastructure in our industry for us to thrive at home yeah and and now we're seeing like big distributors coming sony is here netflix yes, is here Spotify, so we know there's talent we, oh, know yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. we know that and they know that here's where the next wave of growth is coming from but how can we why are we not investing in our own and creating structures for our own to thrive yeah and to maintain ownership I think a big thing even is as Africans, we should know we have it. We yeah. have the natural resources. Yeah. We have the talent. The conversation when the Mzungu comes, guys, we'll have subtitles. You'll understand all this. <laughs> the conversation for when the Mzungu comes should be, we already have our KPIs. Yeah. What's going to be the quid pro quo? Yeah. As opposed to their, the one saying everything yeah. they, they have planned out for us. And yeah. we're like, oh, thank you so yeah. much. Yes. Yeah. Apana. No. Okay. Apana. <laughs> So I know that you have co-founders and I know that you have partners at Skika Africa. Yes. Where did you meet them? How did you choose to work with them? So when I went to uni and I was like, okay, this is the infrastructure thing I want to do. You know, it's the age of the apps, you know. Yes, I yes. I was like, you know, okay, let's... Lazima app. Lazima app. In 2015, <laughs> 2016, if you, you didn't have, have an app, to, you are not doing business. You please. have to be digital. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're the digital generation. So yeah, so... One of my friends at uni um, was a developer. Mm -hmm. So I just went to him. I said, hey, sir, I don't have money, but I can pay you in shares. <laughs> Please. I can pay you in shares. You had yeah? been watching the, the, the lion's den. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shucks, yeah, 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 yeah. Say Shucks equity. Tank. I'll give you equity. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So that was um, Chukudi. So he's our CTO. Okay. Um, and then now Chukudi and I uh, both struggled with very administrative tasks. But Chuks has a friend from high school, okay. Yakul Beke, who he is very operational. He does project management, very like what were spreadsheets, spreadsheets still they're coming out of your ears. Everything. No, no, spreadsheets coming out of your ears. You wow. know the spreadsheets, like me, I like spreadsheets. I'm a maths girl. Yeah. But these spreadsheets were color. <laughs> no, I was laughing at my cousin the other day. I was telling her, your your tabs are color coordinated. I said, Wait, you can do that? First of all, I didn't even know you can do that. There are people who are structured to that level. Susan. We don't know. We can't relate, but they're there. So anyway, wow. <laughs> Becky came in as that person. Okay. He came in to like put the house in order put the house together not just talking about things and going all over the place yeah, but create structures about you know timelines and deliverables and things like that and that's how we managed to get the site up right. that's how we managed to get the site done and get it up and create structures around how we were doing our social media um which is done by kami creatives um based here in kenya shout yeah, out yeah shout out to diane and her team yes um but yeah so yeah that's that's how we managed to create some structure around how we were growing and it's been a slow journey we've taken breaks because we all have day jobs and other careers and other things that we're doing and other responsibilities but we've just been focusing on building community um and we want to be build a business that is authentic to its cause not that's not just growth minded and not just story minded but yeah. is actually creating solutions for the people we're trying to serve oh i love it so here's something very interesting all of these Giga Africa founders are not in the same location you guys are all over the place yeah so i wanted you to tell guys where is everyone so I'm based here in Kenya. 
Then Chukudi is based in London town, uh-huh. uh, working for Amazon, uh, eating Bezos money. <laughs> and I'm then, here for it. We need more Africans doing that. <laughs> and then Beke is based in the UAE, Dubai. No. Yeah, he was seconded from London, but he was initially based in London. Um, but now he's based in Dubai. But you're all Africans. Yes, we're all Africans. Yeah, so it. Beke and Chukudi are both Nigerians. Okay. And then, yeah, I'm Kenyan. And Kami Consultancy also run by a Kenyan. Yes. I love this team. Yes, yes. And Susan here also a Kenyan. Yeah. And let me hey, let me even shout out Zach Adele. You see, guys, this branding, this beautiful branding, the colors you're seeing. There's a guy called Zach Adele, a very talented artist. Oh, <laughs> who did that all was, this? Who did this? Who made the brand come alive, I think. Yeah. And I think you guys are super intentional about working with other Africans. Yeah. So shout out to the Panzigo team that is here yes. doing all the production yes. for this podcast and making it possible. And everyone is African. Everyone is Kenyan. So yeah. shout out, shout yeah, out, shout yeah, out. Yeah. And our furniture, people. Savannah space. Sherry. Payment plan, please. In this in this economy <laughs> stuff. <laughs> we'll be shouting out a lot of people, but you should definitely check them out. Yeah. Um, they are right next to Lavington Mall, Palakaribuna Kingeles, Savannah Space, and just go. You you thank us later. Okay. You will thank us later for the furniture that you will pop in your house. Now, back to the conversation here on Skika Uncover. And I want us to start uncovering some truths. Hey. So I told you guys she would deny being an actress and a singer, but she's covered it. She hey. started all the way in high school. Okay. I wanted to know for you as an artist, when did you decide that you could even call yourself one? Amma, you're wow. still not yet there. Hey, do I call myself an artist? Um, <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I think for me, okay, when I got a scholarship for acting, yes, <laughs> you know, I think that was, I was like, wow, okay, these people think they want to pay money to the school, to the school, for me for to you. do this thing. Um, but no, I think specifically there was um, a production I did in high school, yeah, A Midsummer Night's Dream. Yes. And so I moved to the UK for my sixth form uh, for year 12. For when I was like translation, you're in the A-levels. A-levels, from <laughs> five and six, yes. <laughs> you know? So, in, so, yeah, so I moved there for when I was like 17. Yeah. And in the first two weeks, I did an audition for Midsummer Night's Dream, which is the school's annual production. Ah, okay. And typically, lead roles would go to people who've been there since year nine. Yeah. The, the drama students who are the... The in, drama teacher the knows drama them. The drama teacher knows them, you know, performed with them and things. So I go in, I go to my audition. I'm not expecting much, right? I got the role of Titania. I said, oh, is that me? I'm a lead. I'm a lead. What are you saying? Oh, <laughs> you know? And, um, and I think especially as like, you know, a black, I was the only black girl in the whole school, by the way, out of <gasps> 450 students at that point. Wait, I think I forgot this. And the in, only one. In the whole, yeah, nine to year 13. <gasps> in that, in that year, the first year that I was there, I was the only Whoa. black girl in the school. And then the other black lady was my auntie. <laughs> She's a teacher. <laughs> Two of you just <laughs> holding each other. There was some, there was some black um, guys around, but like the girls, yes. it was just me. And so, you know, there's that. And then it's Shakespeare. Yes. So there are these things. And I was like, oh, you know. Tis me. Tis me. <laughs> then you want me to be Titania? Um, but yeah, so that was the moment that I think I realized. I was like, okay, there's something here. And then when my mother sat me down, I think the most pivotal... When my mom sat me down and was like, hey, 
this LSA actual, you don't have to do it. You yeah. can go to drama school. I said, wow, you really want to invest my talents like that? You like, know? I must be good. <laughs> you know? She's I, I, coming yeah. and saying you should there must take be this some as an talent. option. Yeah, <laughs> there must be some talent. Yeah. So oh. yeah, I think that's probably when I would say I was like, okay, that was those are some affirming moments for me. Yeah. I yeah, I still don't really sing on stage solo much, you know, but... <laughs> but you are I'm, doing something about it. Yeah, I'm doing something about it. You're doing something you know, about it. That's what matters. I have my voice coach called Lisa. <laughs> Shout out Lisa. talking to her Lisa as well. Lisa yeah. So I want to jump back to you're in LSE. You're studying actual science, which is now a whole other journey on its own. Yeah. And you said no to drama school. Yeah. So when you were saying no to drama school, what were the perks that you were thinking about when it came to pursuing actual science? Was it the sh- the sh- money, the reassurance of a job, uh, or was there something you were maybe getting there that you thought would really help you with coming back to Africa, come back to Kenya, and setting up Skika here? I think for me, it was more about staying connected to home because I was always conscious from when I was very young. Yeah. yeah. I was super conscious about what I wanted to do in terms of sewing into the development um, of like the social structures at home in yeah. Kenya. For yeah. me, it was always very clear. Like I wrote an essay when I was nine um, called If I Was an MP, you know? What? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we need to go and unpack all these essays because you also... <laughs> Samantha had an essay where she said, was it 27? 2023. This year, I'm meant to be having, yeah, yeah, those two essays. Okay. Small segue, small segue. There's two essays, but both of them are relevant. Yeah? Okay. So there's, if I was an MP and there's this one of the year 2023. Yeah. yeah. And the reason it's the year 2023 is because I turned 30. I turned 30 like next week, yes! actually. Yeah. By the time you're listening to this, it should have passed. I'll be 30. But yeah, by the time, yeah, yeah. she'll be 30. But we're both Virgos. So like, step carefully. Just say happy birthday the whole year. Like it's a big birthday. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, so um the thing about being in 2023 was that I was going to have six kids. Yes. Have a seven floor <laughs> house which I wash and I cook for all my six kids and my husband. <laughs> I was going to write books and build houses for the poor. Yeah. And 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 and, and I was going to win a Grammy. Yes. <laughs> so maybe my 9-year-old self thought of herself as a singer. So <laughs> you know, my mo- the part that shocked me the most out of this entire essay was not the six children and everything. It was you will be washing <laughs> yeah. the whole house the from whole top house to bottom floor. and you'll be cooking for everybody in that house. I'm like, so when are you working? <laughs> when are you getting the Grammy? When are we singing? This <laughs> right. house is big. Yeah. So in that in that essay, I still talked about, you know, those are hard for like, okay, I want to build houses for, yeah. you know, I want to contribute to like housing development and for people in marginalized communities. But the one that I wrote, if I was an MP, yeah, it was like, you know, sorting out water sanitation. So uh-huh, this girl uh-huh. had many dreams. She was going to be 10 people. Anyway, <laughs> so, so, and then also giving people access to like doctors and medication and things like that. So social impact was always so close to my heart, right? Nice. And um, also, this, you have my vote. Oh, what, as what? As an MP. Oh. So you're still here. Elective you politics. Can't, you can't not do it. <laughs> you know, people have been trying to convince me to do this thing, guys. Elective politics. You, hey, it's tough, tough. For me, the best politicians are the ones who don't want to be politicians. Uh, yeah. That should be our, our like, gauge. That should be the first thing. When you're hataki, you don't want to pay. When negotiations. <laughs> but yeah, so, so yeah, so social impact. So when I was, you know, when I was graduating and yeah. I was thinking about, okay, what, what are the next steps? Yeah. I felt it was inauthentic 
to stay in the UK. I'm like, now I jenga this UK economy. We're already paying taxes to them from Kenya as a commonwealth country. Honestly. <laughs> like, I'm like, why would I stay here, grow, you know, grow things here, but there's so much to be done. Yeah. Um, and, and just in little things and just positive pushes in small directions, I think sowing into your spheres of influence in whatever capacity, it's helpful in the building up of that, right? I'm like, yeah. if I'm a person who cares, why should I leave people who don't care to... to to build things up right yeah. in, in my home country. So for me that was a big part of why I was like um let me come back. Let me forget about doing that 10 years in Hollywood, <laughs> you know, trying to build up that career. Yes. I was just like let me come back. Let's see what it goes. I didn't have a job. By the way when I was coming back making this choice, I didn't have a job. Yeah. I was going to be moving out of my parents' house. I came and I started in uh Power 254 so Boniface yes. Mwangi has yeah has this like creative arts hub and art and activism hub and so I went as a community member for like the first six months um with one of my friends who will also be on the podcast Chantal Carrier yes and we were just like okay let's scope out the industry let's talk connect with creatives and understand their challenges as we build up this concept and this business And yeah, so for me I was just focused on let me come and do that for the first six months. The actual sense in Tarudi. Yeah. The Lord will provide. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and he has. The, and and he has provided. He has provided. Amen. Provided. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, I think for me that was that was just the main focus is I know I want to do social impact driven yeah. work and Let me just start. <laughs> exactly. And you yeah. had already loved what you had loved in high school. So it was so easy to yeah, do that. Yeah, exactly. I just want to say, I'm so proud of you, girl. Thanks, girl. I am so proud of you. Because you've actually done it. Like, you have not built the houses for the poor. Although there is a time we built some houses for Habitat for Humanity. Although Remember? Just, yeah. Well, yeah. But there's also, a, there's a social security conference I'm working on right now. And one of the topics oh. is housing. And <laughs> I was like, see? <laughs> in fact, I'm meant to write a reply to my nine-year-old self and be like, sis, we're not doing all these things, but... However, we're, we're on the way. Things. We're, we're on the way. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be 2033, maybe not 2023, but it's yeah, all good. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just so proud of you because I mean, you've employed all of us here, which is incredible. Oh. And you always Samantha always starts things like they're a joke. Huh? She'll even laugh when she's telling you about the idea. But mutafika, <laughs> you will actually start it and do it. And I think it's amazing even for us as friends. You're somebody that I'm like, when I tell Sam, I'm going to do it. You know I actually have to come through and do it. <laughs> so I'm so proud of you and Thank I think you, everything girl. you're doing is so amazing. Thanks for doing this with me. Yes. So still with a podcast, we are talking to artists and we want to hear you guys' stories. And I think what Skika Africa is doing is amazing. skikaafrica.com, please do check it out as you with listening to us. With all the Ks, uh, even Africa is with Africa a K. Africa is with the K. All the Skikas are yeah. KK. Utaweka si utaenda kwako sijui. Um but you should be able to find it and it's on all social media platforms as well. So please do check us out and you can see all the great work that they're doing and you can also suggest and join the community because we just want more and more and more of you. I want us to move forward. And I want you to speak about your craft. Yes. And yourself. Yes. And I want you to talk about the war with your craft in the sense of you have this professional side like you've talked about this social yeah, security yeah, conference that you're yeah, doing. Yeah. But at the same time you're CEO of Skika Africa. Yeah. Things sometimes can clash. Sometimes life makes you feel like you need to make a choice. Yeah. I'm I'm a professional in one sense and I'm also an artist, yeah. so I know sometimes I'm just like <laughs> How Lord. Yes. So how have you how have you walked through that journey and where would you say you're at today? Oh, that's that's a good question. Um I would say at the beginning mm-hmm. 
at the beginning. Okay, wait, wait. I think I think there's stages, right? Like okay. as a child, I was a very like performance driven. I could just stand on this this table and sing. For yeah, people. you weren't shy. Yeah, you know, I was an only child surrounded by adults. I was like a little adult, and yeah. I used to just perform in front of people. Then, I think entering into like uh, preteen years. Yeah. You know, shyness came. Hmm? <laughs> shyness came. We're taught shyness. It's so sad. <laughs> shyness came. Yeah. And there's a lot of self-consciousness around crafts. I think there was a lot of like imposter syndrome around like, ah, but these ones when you hear them sing, but these ones when you see them act yeah. and things. But like in the house, I'm a performer. Please. In the house, I was always a performer. Um, one, of, one of my sisters is on set. <laughs> and, and you're... No, and she knows how I used to tell them stories. I used to be dramatic. Sit down, children. Sit down, children. You're about to be entertained. Bedtime stories. Shout out, Natasha. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, I used to tell them stories. I was always a performer at home. I always... Because it felt safe, right? It yeah. felt like a safe environment to do it. But I think when I felt externally, you know, there were judgmental eyes or like, hey, someone is criticizing you. Yeah. And I was, I'm also very type A and I was always used to a certain standard of like, um, you know, being praised for achieving certain things. Yeah, so you which want is, it to be perfect or up to a certain standard. Exactly, which least. is not helpful in creative process because you have to you have to be comfortable with failure. You have yeah. to be comfortable with things not being liked, you know. It's good to have standards of excellence, right? Yes. But like, it's about also creating a space for learning. Yeah. And I didn't used to create a space for learning. And so th with that came kind of like a, a shyness towards my craft. Mm. And then Di Davidson. Di Davidson. And then Di Davidson happened. Shout out to... Oh, Di the... Davidson. Di Davidson was our drama teacher. Yes. Um, we did school. drama together yeah. in high school. Yeah. see, Susan was best in, best in Kenya. Yeah, shout out. Please don't be looking at her just here. She got best in Kenya. Yeah, in, in, in our my IGCC, level exams. In our, yeah, in yeah, IGCSE was, drama. That was amazing. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was shook. Yeah. I really didn't expect it. It came out of nowhere. No, you're so talented. Thank um, you. And so, but Dai, Dai Davidson. Dai Davidson was our drama teacher. And I think she just inspired so much confidence. And that's when there was a big shift. And there was a, a reclamation of myself as an artist yeah. and that's a, that's a time that's another time I feel like I thought okay yeah I could do this yes. properly right um and then I think when I went to university mm -hmm. that tension was there by the way guys I the reason my mother was having this conversation with me was because I failed my second year of university actual science why what was it's, I doing it's important to tell these stories yeah. what were you doing yeah what was I doing <laughs> I was busy directing plays <laughs> <laughs> productions, you writing so stories. You were so busy. You were an incredibly in busy university Gospel student. Music Society Choir. I was doing all the committees. Everything. So I, I directed two productions, right? So like one was this multicultural show that we used to throw in university, which had like an audience of a thousand on a West End stage. And it was amazing. I watched that production, guys. Yeah. I was in the audience. Yeah. You're and I like, take my word for it. It was so good. And it was like a hundred performers. And, you know, putting on that show is not a joke. Like, I was directing. I wrote and I co-wrote and directed it. Didn't and you narrate as well? Th no. Then what happened was... Okay, so the first year, in my first year of uni, I narrated. Okay. And I performed. I was just a performer. In my yeah. second year, I co-wrote and directed. And then my lead role, we had to move our dates because we were on West End stages. So we were located on the West End of London, which is where all the big stage productions happen. Happening. It's like the Broadway in New York. You yes, know? yes. Broadway of London. Knows Bro it's the Broadway of London. Yeah. So we used to use their stages. Yeah. Like we, in my first year, we performed on the Lion King stage. Ah! Yeah. 
And then in the second year, we were performing on another Western stage closer to university. And then they were like, hey, sorry, guys. A new show has come to town. You're going to have to move You're your going to have to change dates. Yeah, you're the students. You're yeah, you're the students, please. <laughs> you know, you're doing discount. You're doing, yeah, you're doing student discount, please. Exactly. You're not the priority. And so, like, my lead role couldn't do the new dates. And there was no understudies. When university, everyone has priorities. We're not in drama school. Yes. So I had to step in and do lead. It was the most interesting thing to direct and perform. At the same time. At the same and a time. Lot of, not, not a lot of people can do it. You see mistakes happening and you're just on stage. <laughs> and you're just so like... So you're like Beyonce. Somebody well, gonna get fired. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> Imagine. And and like that time you haven't had a lot of time with the stage. Because it's yeah. a West End stage. Yes. So you get to like block on one afternoon. Your rehearsals are completely lighting. somewhere else. Yeah. And you get one day. You get like a day with the lighting, the, t- the sound, everything. And so you're just on stage as a director. You're like, I can't even give instructions. I just have to be on stage. Oh, I'm performing. Wow. Anyway. So yeah. Um, tough. We digress. <laughs> we digress. We digress. So you're yeah, in university. So like at that stage, I think I f- fell in love with um, performing again. I fell in love with directing. Yeah. Because I hadn't directed before. And I realized that actually I prefer to be a director than an actress yes um and then post uni i think it shifted like i explored writing yeah after that after that second year i explored writing i did some spoken words a couple of performance pieces yeah for different uni societies which was a new craft for me yeah and i think post university it's just shifted right now i'm trying to write a musical actually yes i'm I'm so excited i'm trying to write a musical and reconnect so this year i started voice lessons i was like i'm trying to reconnect with being an artist i feel so distant from being an actress yeah like i'm just like it's just been so many years like it's been so long i'm like i don't even remember how and it's and it's a muscle you know it's like it's a it's a skill let me give you some solace eh? being in corporate world we're Mm. acting every day sis You've been, don't even stress and yourself. And then I'm a consultant. By yeah, the way, yeah, yeah. And cons- consultants are the real We act performers. every day. We're in meetings, you hear somebody say something and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's nonsense, but I can't say that. So yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go this other way. Yeah. But I'm so happy that you're rekindling the fire and yeah, I'm, I'm so trying, excited I'm about trying, this musical. Yeah, but it's been it's been a battle. I think at some point I was just like... You know, I'm no longer an artist. And then my, my family are always just like, you need to perform again. And yes. so like the fire to write a musical came last year. Okay. Um, I watched this movie. What's this movie with Andrew Garfield? Which this one? This musical one. Ah. This movie about the guy who wrote Rent. What was it called? Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. But yes, the one. So I watched this movie and Why I was the so name gone? Anyway. inspired. We'll remember. We'll yeah, remember. Yeah, it was, it's come. on Netflix. On yes. Netflix. <laughs> um, and I wrote and I and I watched it and I was the flame was just reignited, right? And now, you know, I'm surrounded by friends who are also creators. Yeah. And we'd been talking about creative projects, creative projects, and watching them, we was just like, okay, we're doing it. Yeah, I have a WhatsApp group called We Are Putting On A Show With Two People. Like, I love Eunice it. Eunice and Kara, yeah? And they know we're meant to be putting on a show. We don't know which show, but we're putting but on we're a putting show. But we're putting on a show. <laughs> we're putting on a show. We'll change the WhatsApp group when we know. But, but, you know, yeah. But so, yeah. So, I think that's like, I'm kind of rekindling and seeing what does creativity look like um, in terms of, you know, acting and singing in this new season of life. Yeah. But I think at work, I've had the privilege of expressing creativity a lot. Like right. I do a lot of stuff on the innovation side and engage with that. I think 
COVID and, you know, the year after COVID were tough. Yes. Like, I just felt so distant from creativity altogether. Like, yeah. I was like, I'm not creating anything. It's been a while since I sat down and, like, had a range of ideas. We're but, all yeah. working from home and incorporated meant that work that was not at home yeah. suddenly took over all these spaces in our houses. Yeah. I was feeling uninspired. But, like, I think, you know, it's reigniting and I'm trying to see how I can, you know... Do See, you are an artist. Okay. If there's times you're inspired, times you're not, this is you. Hmm. There, there's some, some of us who just operate all the time. But I want to ask you as an artist as well, like, you know, oh. as my friend, you know, you've had a journey with your craft and yes. now we're here doing, you know, creative things. But what has your, what has your war with your art and your craft been? I think for me, the biggest thing was um, it showed up through my mental health. Yeah. And I remember you really helped me. There yeah. was one time we had a conversation. Sam and I have lived together. Guys, we've done everything. <laughs> and there's still things she's saying during this podcast that are shocking me. Yeah. But um, it got to a point where I decided that my art, in whatever way I was going to express it, whether it was in the journalistic manner or on stage as an actress, wasn't going to work for me. Yeah. And I studied economics in uni. So I decided to pursue that route and become, you know, a corporate baddie and see what that looked like. But I didn't realize that I was suppressing something that was going to affect me mentally. Yeah. So I got to a point where I was really struggling, really struggling to leave my room, really struggling to go to work, not isolating myself, not wanting to be in social situations with friends. And it took Samantha telling me, um, and I still remember what you said. You said, Susan, you've been doing things that other people have yeah. been asking you to do yeah. for so long. And now it's caught up with you. Yeah. So now you just have to do what you want to do. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to go crazy. Yeah. And it was such a like eye-opening experience. I went to therapy after and the therapy is kind of like solidified it. But when I look back, yeah. that's the conversation that I remember. Yeah. And I was just like, by the way, imagine you can die. Not doing things that make you happy. And whether then, or not you're earning money from it. And then people will look at you, but like, see, it was your life. Then... And then you decided to be sad. That's what are we going to do about it? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I think for me, that was a big thing. And when we had that conversation and I started going to therapy, I started going to auditions. I started like, and I would get no at auditions, but it wasn't as bad as me just waking up and going to the office every single day. Yeah. So I was like, oh, there's your answer. Yeah. You're fine. Now. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Look at you now. Look at you now. I'm so proud of you. And, you know, I think thank you. As a friend, you know, it's, it's, I love when my friends are thriving and happy and living in, yes. their, in their space. Uh, and I just want to thank you for choosing to step into that, you know, choosing yeah. to step into the things that energize you and yeah. that can make you, as we can make us, allow us to do life together in a way that yes. is fun, you know? And yeah, and it's good for, for your well-being. It's good for all our well-being. You it's know, when you're so up, we're important. up. When you're up, we're up, you Wait, know. It's so, so important. Yeah. It's so important. And so yeah, thank you for that. So I was going to ask you about impacting other people's lives, but there's a story of how Samantha impacted my life. So we'll be moving on <laughs> swiftly. Um, a little bit about what I just touched on. I want to know your experience when it comes to your art with Skika Africa and your mind and your body. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I read the other day that millennials were like the healthiest. Yeah. Um, when you look at all the generations, yeah. we're super health conscious. Honestly, I, I blame Instagram reels <laughs> and all those things. You're like, actually, by the way, fruits or something because it's getting out of control. <laughs> but I wanted to know for you, what is your therapy? What are the things that you do yeah. to keep yourself moving? Okay. Wow. Hey, that question has many answers, yeah. a range of answers. <laughs> it is broad. <laughs> um, 
I think I'll start with number one, mm-hmm. my faith. Huh? My Hallelujah. Faith. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. <laughs> my, my faith is so grounding. Yeah. It gives a strong sense of identity. Yes. I think like whenever I'm in crisis, that's where I go. I go yeah. to God. Take it yeah. to God. Yeah, take it to God. <laughs> take it to God, you know? And I think like the, that's, the, that's the first thing that usually helps ground me. Because okay. I think the first thing that tends to cause chaos or like mm. it really uproots you is your sense of identity yeah like when you feel like you don't have a sense of identity you don't you just know feel who you so are swayed and lost yes yes right and so for me like that's usually a really grounding you know i had a yeah. complicated childhood yes <laughs> you know <laughs> i had a complicated childhood i was raised by many people yeah. all over the world yeah. you know and like i think you know you know god really grounded me in a good sense of identity and so whenever i feel whenever i'm in a season of chaos or whenever my mind feels like i don't have clarity mm-hmm. um that's usually a really grounding element so i think that's the first thing like going back wh- who am i yes you know who and you're like lord i'm a believer uh, who has number lord, one who has the lord said i am you Thank know you. <laughs> like you know these lies i'll tell myself of like oh you're not competent or you're not this or you're not that it's like you know but actually you know God says you are, you're competent, yeah. you're, you're gifted, you were given these talents and things like that, yes. right? And it's just affirming yourself in those truths, um, you know, before feeding into the lies, yeah. right? I think that's that's one, that's on like identity and that helps really ground my mind and be like, okay, I'm feeling all these things, but this is what is true yes. and this is what is feeling. Yes. You know, it's okay to feel things, right? but, but feelings mean- are not always true, right? They're not always truth. Um and so, so you think, basically fact check yourself through God. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, I think that's one thing that I, I tend to do. Mm-hmm. The um, other thing is I'm blessed with the best community. <laughs> Guys. Shout out. Shout out me. I have an overflow. <laughs> Thank God I have an overflow. Honestly, when it comes to like my siblings, my friends, I say my siblings, guys, these include my cousins. I don't call them my cousins because they're people all, don't understand. We have siblings. a tattoo. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a tattoo. Yeah. There are <laughs> yeah. like three or four of them that live really close to each other or live together. We live together Shout in out. the same households. It's, it's giving Mashakura vibes. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's giving a meshment. Yes. <laughs> you know, you tell one person one thing, by the end of the day, the whole squad is aware. Everyone knows. <laughs> Everyone Might knows. Might as well just put on the right? group. So, um, you know, shout out, you know, my, I have my siblings. I have also, I have my um, friends as well. There's those ones I have known my whole life. There's since, those ones I've known zero. since high school. There's yes. those ones, you know, I've picked up as an adult. And I've just been really blessed to have solid, solid friends. Like, yeah. in, you know, in bulks of communities. People usually tease me and say, you have 30 best friends. And I'm like, yes, facts. Though. I do, though. Like, I do, though. And Why are you like, mad, though? <laughs> yeah. And, like, it's an, there's just an, a lot of intentionality around how we connect and how we yeah. ground each other and how, like, you know, we support one another. And I think that's just such a blessing. That It's such a... Like, I, I just always know I have people to go to, people that feel safe, people yeah. that accept me. And people who have also played a big role in terms of my sense of self as well. Yes. Right? It's not yeah. even so much about how often we see each other. Right. It's really about, like, when we see each other... What is it We like? know each other's hearts. Mm-hmm. We know each other, what's going on in each other's lives. And I've just been really blessed with the right kind of community. And I think, like, for me, that, like, two specific moments where I feel my community were really grounding. Yeah. In terms of, like, my mind is going crazy, but my community reminds me. And brings you um, back. So I think when I was much younger, I had low self-esteem. Huh? 
Why? I have abandonment issues. Okay, okay, fair <laughs> enough. I have abandonment issues, you know, like I didn't grow up with my birth mother. Yes. Um, yes, you're aware of this. Like, you know, I grew up with my dad and his siblings and things, but I was always mobile. Huh? I was the mo- I was a always mobile child. I was yeah. always moving. Yeah, I'm and your dad was quite young. House. Yeah, my dad was young, you know. Um, so I was always moving and mobile in different spaces. So, you know, I attached a lot of my mobility to, you know, like instability and like a lot of like yes. abandonment attachments. Yes. And then, you know, but so I had low self-esteem. And yeah. I, when we were in uni, I remember there's a time it was like you, me, Cleo, Amanda, Sylvia. I yeah. think there's a time we're in Sylvia's room. And, you know, we like to do random deep conversations and we're like, okay, guys, deep, we're, going to affirm, conversations. we're going to affirm each other. So write five things you like about yourself. Write five things you like about everyone else in the yes. room. And I remember that time I was like, I don't know five things I like about myself. Panic. I was so stressed. I was like, it's easy for me to talk about myself. We friends. were so mature to do such activities. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't even know if we met today if we would even do them. So thank God we met when we did yeah and all our dmc's when we were like 15 16 yeah, yeah. it was therapy it truly <laughs> it really truly, was <laughs> truly and then like <laughs> so i think when we you know we did that exercise and there was so much like like positivity being sewn into me yeah around who i am and this oh is these are facts and things about you yeah um and even like someone like sylvia sylvia's a really good friend you know like you know, Sylvia roasts people. And I remember Sylvia saying like, okay, you know, I roast people, but you, I'm not going to roast you because you don't need any more criticism in your life. Like you just need... I do remember her saying that. Oh my God. And I was just like, those are like, that's like, that's like in terms of my friends. Like I think I just have such grounding friends that way and I'm really blessed. And then with my siblings, you know, when I failed my second year of uni, it was a family crisis. Everybody stopped. Everybody stopped. Golden child has fallen. That's another thing, guys. We need to, you know, that student or that kid, that cousin that always does well and hasn't never exactly failed. We need to stop treating their failures like, you know, when a kid falls and then sometimes you realize if you don't look at them and go, they get up and they and they keep it stepping. Sometimes, sometimes support is amazing. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes if they do fall, it's normal. Treat it normally. Yeah, please to the best of your ability. Don't make it a crisis. I had a whole crisis of self, <laughs> but you know, my, my siblings were like, first of all, this is the best thing that ever happened to, to you. <laughs> because now you're normal and human. Yeah. You know? Maybe even for them. Even for, like, for yeah, themselves. Now no, you're human. For them. Yeah. And also just, and also just for myself, I think it helped me really like humanize myself and yeah. not think of myself as so important. Right. Like the whole even balance of the world, like the whole balance of the world was on my shoulders. balancing on my success and shoulders. Um, but they were really grounding through that period. And they're just like, okay, cool. So like life will move on. People feel every day. It was just an example. Yeah, exactly. Like, so move. I think I've just really been really blessed to have those communities to really ground me. And then lastly, so those are the therapies. So you've got God, we've got my community. Yes. And then I think like another key one is how I engage in my art. So like, I remember post when COVID happened mm-hmm. and then George Floyd happened. Yes. And there was so much happening on social media. And I was just like, hey, my mind, as an empath, I'm absorbing all of it. But oh, then I don't I watch it. the news because I cannot handle the news. Because you'll just be sad all day. I'll just be sad all day. I'm just like, who is helping all these people? Yeah. Exactly. And so like writing is a, usually a very good outflow, like a, a very good in the moment outflow. Like okay. When I'm, my mind is feeling cluttered and things like that, when I sit down and just process my th- thoughts through writing. Yes. It's such a good 
yeah there's clarity there's there's peace so much clarity there's so much peace and yeah um yeah there's a lot of therapy that way yeah that's actually really really impressive yeah so i'm one of those people who journaling um edwin there's a very nice journal you watch me (laughs) Generally, it's Edwin such a is struggle for me. Yeah, that we we're, lived with. We're just talking to. We're just speaking <laughs> about all our friends. You'll like, you'll meet them. Okay, you'll meet them, and it'll all make sense. All right. But he bought me this beautiful journal, and I had started therapy again, and I was like, I'm gonna use this beautiful journal, and I, I can't do it. Like it's just, it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. I just, I start writing. Maybe I'll end up writing a story, or I start writing and I write a sentence, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's what happened today. Come. <laughs> Like, so like the reason I don't journal, so I write, like I'll write once in a while when it's a lot of saturation. Okay. I've always wanted to be a journaler, but I don't journal okay. because I want it to sound like an autobiography. And when I write, I get frustrated that it's not sounding like something that can be published. Yes. I really want to be the kind of person who journals every day. Right. But I just don't because I'm just like, I have issues with perfectionism and I'm like, <laughs> man, my therapists are working on it, but like... <laughs> <laughs> but I like, think that might be part of my problem as well. <laughs> but like, I wanted to sound like a, an autobiography that can be published. You know, when we read Anne Frank and I was like, this chick wrote in this diary and Every now it's a day. book yeah, now it's that a is book. around the world. I'm like, you know, oh, when we used to watch Vampire Diaries and Steph- Stefan had all his journals. Yes. And I was like, this is what I want my this journals. This is what I want. I want my journals to be like books that can just go straight to. But I totally a, get that. I put so much pressure on journaling as an experience. Yeah. I don't write every day either. So you know I hear you, we'll, sis. We'll scan and use what we can use. Yeah. I think that's what we're going to do. Because yeah. even me, I always imagine like, I want to like eventually like future children or yeah. even like later yeah. my husband even myself aren't to look back and be like oh my god this was susan in her 20s yeah but then i start writing and i'm like yeah yeah and like i was you know even just thinking about those essays i was referencing it's yes. useful it's like like now i use that essay from my nine-year-old self all the time in presentations and i'm like look at nine-year-old me but she didn't understand politics but, you know? <laughs> but, but she she had, goals, she had and goals and dreams yeah. you know <laughs> yeah so it's useful for those references and just reminding because you forget you forget you went through certain struggles like now yeah. you can imagine you know when we have kids and they're in their 20s and going through things you know it's how it's useful to cross-reference with our to experiences of our 20s yes. and our 30s and things like that yeah no i'm i'm so happy that you've segued so nicely into that's a little reference to another podcast that i listen <laughs> to if you know you know um into struggles and i want us to talk about money hey, money. money and you money, and money, me and money. the craft because a big 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 reason that parents and siblings and friends are worried when their when their person wants to take an artistic direction or creative direction fully in their career is but are you going to eat like is this going to feed you are you going to be able to pay your rent so i wanted to kick it off with people are going to look at the ceo and co-founder of skika africa and they will not know this so i want you to tell us about your brokest day hey. that you can remember hey 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 <laughs> My brokest day, I can remember. <laughs> My feet can remember. Your feet can remember. <laughs> I think that's the way to do it. So when I was in uni, yeah. um, I used to go to a church, Hillsong, Hillsong Global. I know mm-hmm. they've had some scandals, but they were cleared in court. But anyway. Amen. <laughs> They're here <laughs> as well. Don't they, they have fun. Hillsong they here? They were full of young people. Yeah, they do. They do actually have Hillsong here in Sarit Center. Great crowd. Yeah. Um, and caters really a lot to very young people. people. So it was a great environment for students. But they actually have an art school. Okay. And so I started volunteering at the art school, teaching drama to the kids. Mm-hmm. And it used to be on Saturday mornings. Now, one day I was like, you know, usually you're broke. You're like, ah, let me just stay at home. Yeah. 
Talalaja. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Yvonne Fasting OG, and she pray. said, just yeah. sleep. Just sleep. Just sleep. You're sleep. hungry. You'll be okay. okay. Just sleep. You'll wake just up. Sleep. Next you'll problem. Be okay. Yeah. Hey, there's a time I was broke. I was like, no, how will I go and teach in class? And then the time I'm like, you almost feel embarrassed. You're like, your parents are yeah. paying fees here yeah. for you to go to this university. You you know, you're just like, no, nah, I can't be telling people I'm so... I actually have zero bob. I have zero pounds. I have zero bob to get myself to class. So I just walked. I just walked for two hours to my class. It was two hours yeah. away? I walked for two hours across land. It was across in the corner. I was going from like zone one to corners of zone two in the south southeast wow. for that class. I just walked. I just put in my earphones, my rubber shoes, and, and I just walked. And, and I mean, I know there are people who walk so much more than that. And yeah, you know, yeah. like there's people who walk many more kilometers every day of their life. For sure. But that day I was just like, you know, it almost feels embarrassing. You know, you're just like, yeah. because you're like, now people have paid fees like this. And then you're here. Oyster card had zero. Yeah. Wallet handbag you know, zero. But in the grand scheme of things, I'm like, you know, I come, I have a privileged background. So it's not even that like whatever. Big but that's the day I was just like, hey. But for me with my, with the, my art form, I think like the blessing I've had is that I've had this corporate job that yes. has, you know, it has grown. Like when I first came, I was not living in my parents' house. I didn't, you know, I didn't have necessarily a job. I had some savings that I did from waitressing. Yes. Um, in the UK. Yeah. And then I, you know, I used that and I lived off of that for my first few months before I started working at Zamara where I work now. Yeah. Right? And I've been working there for six years. Like no millennial has ever done. <laughs> You know, millennials, you know, are known to people just... We're known jobs. to jump and skip jobs. You know, and you know what? Gen Z has come to show you guys fire. So you're welcome. But we showed you first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So like, at least with, with that, I've had been able to support my art and support my projects. Like this project is funded yeah. by work I've done, you know, as an actuary, right? Ah, it's like... Shout out. Shout out, you know? Like, and I... I'm, you know, I'm just grateful that I've been able to do that and sow into the community. And for me, that's been a big part. It's like, how do I support other artists? Yeah. Um, you know, by being able to have this kind of financial freedom that I have so that they can have financial freedom yes. through focusing on their discipline. And um, I think one of the biggest, biggest things when it comes to money yeah. and making money and using money correctly is information. Yeah, facts. So the fact that Skika is creating a platform where, oh, I need this financial advice like this, or I need to know how do I legally protect this yeah. thing so yeah. other people can't steal it, yeah. or I need to be in therapy so I show up to all my rehearsals yeah. and actually make my money. It's it's small, small that yeah. adds up to a very big the, thing. Yeah. So I want you to tell us what is money to you because you, if you had, if you've made money from actual science that you now yeah. bring to Skika. Girl, me, I'm just seeing everyone on Instagram buying designer stuff. Now, you me, could have done that with your money, but you decided to do something else. For me, I believe I'm blessed to be a blessing. Like, oh. I believe, you know, let me get more money so I can empower other people to get more money, you know, and so into other people's lives. That's my kind of, you know, I still also went on holiday, you know. Like, I'm not, key, I ain't no saint. I ain't no saint. Yeah, yeah, In the mind, body, spirit, you have to rest. Please. <laughs> you have to rest, you know. I'm still cashing flights to Europe, but yep. you know, not again because that Schengen visa nonsense, by the way. Wow. Let's go where we're wanted. <laughs> yes. Let's go where we're wanted. But, I mean, aside from that, like, really, um, my, you know, my hope and prayer is to be able to get more so I can sow more. Yeah. Um, so that I can, you know, invest in things that I care about, invest in people's stories, invest in like, you know, 
in in projects. I, for me, my dream is to become an angel investor, to look for little businesses and yes. things that are trying to do meaningful things in society yeah. and put my money there. Yeah, because right? they're doing something amazing and they're just looking for somebody yeah. who's willing. And I'm just like, that's 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 what I want, right? And um, yeah, so I'm also, I'm just grateful that I can, I have access and to these funds that I can do things like this, that yeah. I can pay artists, you know? I always want to pay artists. <laughs> I'm like, let me never ask an artist to do things for free for, free, for, you know, for exposure while now I have money because those days are past those are time yeah. I was earning 10k as an intern yes. and fine you and know but like now you are actually just gonna get exposure <laughs> but, but now but now you know where I have the means you know if I can sacrifice a little bit here and there to pay an artist yeah um, it's 100% worth it let me do that and I think the Lord God has been adding to your basket yeah. specifically for that purpose. Yeah. And I think everyone should think about how they use money. It's, um, there's, there's all these affirmations now about money is attracted. Mm. It's not worked for or needed. Yeah. I don't know what, but I think even the way you use money, if it's more positive and it's for other people and you want to share, then more money comes. Yeah. More money comes. It just works more like money that. money comes for sure. Um, but yeah, I think I definitely agree. Yeah. Guys, I think it's almost time for me to say goodbye to Samantha. But I'm so happy that we got to talk about relationships and your biggest support system. As we wrap, I want you to tell me about a time that there was somebody else's perspective on your art that you couldn't see. Oh. But accepting that perspective changed things or made it even better. Um. Wow, that's a tough question. I'm so happy that I have one question. She didn't have an answer. You know, to I'm like, yeah, always have answers to things. My mother always used to complain. You have answers to everything. everything. <laughs> In fact, that's what I told my boyfriend. I was like, the reason I'm dating you is because you asked me questions and I said, I always have answers, but here I didn't have answers. You have to think. <laughs> like, honestly, <laughs> I have to think. Yeah, this is why you're my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is why. I was like, I'll get one in there. This yeah, one. okay. Um, a perspective someone gave me to my art that I didn't think about. Actually, yeah. recently. Uh-huh. Okay. So I've always, like, I'm, I'm a bit apprehensive about being on social media, right? Yes. About, like, having an, an obvious image yes, on, so, on social media just because I think it's easy for it to become ego feeding. Okay. And then you forget the purpose and then you're looking for the likes and then it's like yes. messing with your sense of identity and messing with your, your self-worth and things like mm -hmm. that. Um, but, you know, recently I was challenged. Date a man that can challenge you because, um, or marry a man that can challenge you. Marry already, a man. You're already yeah, a wife. Married, <laughs> you're already a wife. You married a man. I was challenged even today morning. All day. Even all day, every day. <laughs> but yeah, um, so I was, I was, you know, talking about like, I don't want to write on social media because it will quickly start becoming like an ego thing. You're yes. just like feeling the pressure of the audience and not necessarily. Have you posted? Have and you not posted? And was just like, but you have so much information. People can just learn from you. And I was just like, ah, it's mm. not actually about me. <laughs> you know? He was like, you're being a gatekeeper. You're being a gatekeeper. You're, people can learn from you. Yeah. And I think I was like, or thinking of art as a learning tool. Yes. As opposed to just a matter of self-expression. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, there's power in how you display your art, right? Like, so like right now my work is do, doing a lot around, you know, health policy on a national yes. level and how you can give people more access to better health care. 
as you know governments and things and i have a lot of knowledge sitting in my brain yeah and i can write it cuz i can write you know yes and so i was really challenged actually that way cuz me i was always thinking about it as like i don't want to be like uh you know a visibility champion yes. <laughs> for myself i'm not an influencer i'm you not know, an instagram I'm not model i'm trying to make so. money from being an influencer yeah. but then he was like ah she's not about you it's, it's about people learning and i said right you're right <laughs> so maybe i'll be writing uh, i'm really looking forward that to that natural side yeah, well. yeah yeah and you don't have to feel pressure babes you yeah. can bulk post eh? yeah. you do all the, the writing oh, one day a ghost writer or if you can get a ghost writer needs a job as a ghost writer <laughs> I have some fans available. Sam is looking for you. I'm looking for you. And it's not for free. <laughs> you know, Amen. Hit us up on Skika Africa. <laughs> and you say, hey, I'm applying for the job. Work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually so happy to hear that and I'm looking forward because I know all of us will learn so much from you. Thank you. So we're going to be speaking to very many artists and our time with Sam is almost done. But Hi. before I let you go, I want you to pose another question to another artist we're going to be having here on this podcast. What oh. is something you want to hear from one of them? I want to know if you could change one thing about how parents perceive, you know, oh um you know, the art industry. Yes. You know, or if you could speak into one thing you know, about how parents perceive the art industry, what would it be? Like how would you encourage parents to invest in their children being in the creative space. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the question I'd ask. That's a great question. Right. <laughs> so, we're going to be forwarding that to one of the many other artists that we're going to be speaking to. So, if you're one of those people who likes listening to podcasts, you know, Mfururizo, <laughs> stay, stay, stay on, stay on because you'll be hearing somebody else pretty pretty soon. Now, I do want to hear every single person's perspective on this. Yeah. And that is the industry yeah. that you dream of yeah. when it comes to art let's speak about here in kenya because yeah. we are in nairobi kenya right now yeah. if you could describe it what is this art oh. industry that you dream of i dream of an industry that takes talent nurtures it yes and produces stories that touch the world that show you know how complex you know africans are and how much more there is than just you know strife corruption <laughs> you know war you know just showing the depth of things and create a sense of familiarity i dream of an industry that um is focused on building up yeah. right so for us our, you know our values are in how do we build you know how do we make sure that we're investing in artists how do we make sure that you know we're allowing them to we're creating a sense of diversity yes um in that sense i dream of an industry that is strong enough that parents feel like yeah go to drama school go to music school yeah. go to art school i'm willing to pay go be a dancer go be a dancer yeah and and yeah i dream of an an industry that you know takes people out of poverty and you know takes people out of like you know marginalized communities and empowers them and puts them on stages they can't even believe they would they would ever have been on yeah and actually i build of an industry that being an artist is so normalized it's not so much about being a household name just the yes. same way a kiosk or a mamamboga is an an sme a and normal. is a normal business mm -hmm. let artists have that 
whether you're teaching piano, whether you're teaching art classes, yeah. those are also valid things. So, and I, I dream of an industry that's not a, just about household names, yes. but that is also about sustainable careers with just everyday people like SMEs of, 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 of creative artists. disciplines, yeah. right? So not just like big stage names, right? I think for me, when art becomes that normal, um, we will have won as an industry. Oh! Thank you so much, Samantha Weyer co-founder and CEO of Skika Africa. And she's the person that has made all of this possible. Thank you, friend. I am Susan Jiroge Awari. I have been your host and will be your host for the rest of the episode. So please stick it here on Skika Uncovered for more. And I'll be seeing you shortly in a bit. Thanks, friend. Ah! <laughs>